Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Also appreciate everybody for swinging by and joining in on the show this week. Always one of the most fun shows of the year and uh, one of the most fun weeks of the year as well. So fun to be here in Anacan. I got to say thanks to the JFK Bar for bringing us here. We got to also say thanks to Blake Hempstead for facilitating this and uh, Anno Designs, one of his companies, for gearing us all the way up. We've been raffling off Skyline hats here and uh, giving away some swag, and we couldn't do all that without Anode Designs. And we also have to say thanks to Debbie Danhauer-Hess. She's the owner here at the JFK Bar as well as uh, a real estate specialist in southwest Montana. Any and all of your local real estate needs, especially in this part of the world, sales of homes, ranches, land, commercial, anything in Phillipsburg, Georgetown Lake, Anaconda, Drummond, and Deer Lodge, Debbie can help you out. You can reach her at hess@blackfoot.net. Time now for our ESPN Roundtable, our long-form uh, segment of the week each and every week. And we're joined live and in person here in Anaconda. Young man I'm very proud of for uh, stepping it up, stepping in, and becoming one of our awesome analysts at Skyline Sports, as well as contributing throughout this football season. His day job is playing for the Philadelphia Stars, but now he's chipping in with us during the offseason here. Both Skyline Sports and ESPN Radio. Samuel and Kim sitting shotgun with me. Andrew Houghton, our producer here at Nuwana, is now also uh, sitting at the table with me as well. First of all, man, they thought you played for the Packers. This is kind of cool. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was pretty funny. It's like, ah, oh, no, you got the wrong guy. <laughs> Get the wrong former Grizz receiver, but still, you know, pro football player uh, nonetheless. Your first time in Anaconda, what do you think? Man, it's awesome. It's awesome to be where uh, Braxton Hill made his name. Uh, It's really cool, man. Uh, It's it's awesome. (laughs) What do you think, man? This is Andrew's first time driving Highway 1 and and being in one of the great uh, small towns in the state. I mean, tell us people about your Highway 1 experience. Yeah, you've already explained sort of the the experience of driving up Highway 1 and you're coming up from out of the valley. You see the lake right there. It's a beautiful, beautiful drive. Haven't really gotten to see that much of Anaconda, but the parts that I've seen I've liked so far, this is my kind of bar, so uh, I'm having a great time. It's certainly a a fun place to be, and we're uh, so happy to be hosted here. We've talked a bunch about the national FCS landscape so far in the show. We heard from a couple Montana State captains in this show. We've talked a bunch of uh, state championships at the high school level in this show. So we can't delay anymore. We got to talk about the showdown. We got to talk about the big game on Saturday. Uh, Sammy, you most recently played in this game the last time the Grizz won this game. You guys got to go on on top of your senior class oh, in, yeah. uh, in the rivalry. I know that's something that uh, you're very proud of. But when it's when it's this week, when Montana State's coming down the pipe, what's it like as a player? How, how do you get yourself mentally prepared for this? Man, uh, there's a saying that we always say, like, if you have to get yourself ready for this game... <laughs> you might be dead. You might be, <laughs> like, you. this might not be the sport for you, because, right. I mean, there is no extra motivated, no motivation needed for this game. I mean, it's, it's all right there in front of you. You know what's in front of you. You know what's at stake, and um, you got to go ready. You got to be ready to play, man. The, when you were coming into this, your senior year 2021, and, and you, you guys had lost to the Cats four times oh, in a yeah. row, how much of an edge does that add? I mean, I, I know you don't you want to keep it, you want to concentrate each week, each game or whatever, but you got to at least be having that in the back of your mind, right? Oh, man, uh, I'd be lying to you if I told you it wasn't. Totally. That's the honestly the only thing I was thinking of. Like, <laughs> let me just get one. Let me just get one. I'm going to be 
straight honest with you. I just wanted to win one. And, you know, as the game went on and on, I was like, man, like, we're about to do this. And then the clock hit zero, and I was like, man, like, we just did it. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's definitely stressful during the week. It's definitely something that you're thinking about, especially in the position we were in, losing three straight. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different feeling. Well, you came up to Montana from Oklahoma. What, did you, what was, like, your acclimation process to the rivalry like? Man, so I'd really say, like, my first year um, as a redshirt, I didn't really understand it watching it and, like, watching us lose. I was like, dang, we lost. But, like, I didn't really understand the magnitude until I watched them walk off with that trophy that we had right. been touching all year that I had been right. taking advantage of. Totally. And then, you know, that next year playing in it and losing again, I was like, ah. And then, like, seeing their fans and everything on the field, the way they treated us, the way they treated us coming out of the tunnel, I was like, ah. Yeah, I hate these guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just snowballed from there. Yeah. Well, enough about you. I want to talk about this here matchup. So oh, yeah. let's just go Let's go down the line. I, mean, I guess but rather than leading the way, I'll just ask you straight off the top, what do you think is the, the biggest and most important matchup in terms of the on-the-field stuff in this game? I think the biggest matchup is um, our defense versus Tommy Malott and Sean Chambers. Yep. I think that's the biggest matchup. I think Tom, I mean, even outside of Sean Chambers, Sean Chambers is a really good player. Tommy Malott and his speed around the edge and his ability to run that read option is second to none in the country, and I'd say he runs at the best in the entire country. That's the reason they're number two in rushing in the country. That's part of the reason why they're number two in the rushing sure. in the country, but um, I think that's the biggest matchup to watch. I think that's going to be the biggest catalyst in a UW, or I mean, a UM win or L, and um, I think it's going to be critical that they stop Tommy Malott. It's so funny because people hear option and they think like old school wishbone, T, you know, T formation, all that, but the evolution of the read option game within the scope of the spread and then the addition of the run pass option stuff oh, to yeah. it, it's been one of the most innovative things that's happened to football. Oh, yeah. So just break that down for people because it's, it is so the one part that is like old school option football, if you make the right decision, you're gaining yards. Yeah. It's almost impossible to be wrong. Oh, yeah. How do you disrupt that, though? Like, when you're talking about slowing down the read option stuff, the RPO stuff, how does Montana go about doing that to the CAD offense? So the RPO that they run is 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 very difficult to stop because there's always an option for him to hand it to the running back, but also an option for him to pull it. And you always, um, a lot of times when they do it as well, they're sending the tight end or a, or a receiver into the flats. So that adds another option to it. But to stop that, I think you look at the Idaho game. I think you pack the box. I think you have a lot of hats down close to the line of scrimmage. You you dare them to throw it deep. You keep the hats low to the line of scrimmage and 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 make them see a lot of numbers when they see when they're when they're in the box. I think that's the way to beat them. I think Idaho set a, an, a wonderful precedent how to beat this team. You can say uh, Montana State had. A, had a rough game, which I think they did. They didn't For play sure. to their top. They definitely, I mean, they definitely had a rough game. But I think if you're looking to stop their offense, um, hats towards the line of scrimmage is the way to do it. We, we've seen when the Bobcat offense is at their absolute best, it's when they're running the RPO stuff, they're getting oh, yeah. off block, they're, they're breaking tackles, they're doing all that, but also they're hitting that back shoulder fade or they're mm. hitting that seam to the tight end. If they can make those throws, that's when they get unstoppable. Yeah. Well, if you are the Grizz and you're, you're loading the box, you're showing them different fronts, or, or you're doing all these different things to disrupt that RPO game, if they hit a couple back shoulder fades, do you still, do you still think you stick with it? I think you got to die on the sword. 
I, I think mean, so too, man. You got to make them make that throw. Yeah. And if Tommy Mallott can make that throw, yeah. Like he did it against Sam Houston like eight times, and they scored yeah. twenty eight points in the first yeah. quarter. If you, if he can do it, but but the chances of that are so slim, fun, so slim compared to then if they're just running outside zone at RPO yeah. and then just you know running right down your throat. Because then if, if if they're running the ball constantly, you're just dying a slow death. That's right. But if you force them to pass the ball, one it stops the clock, it elongates the games to give you more opportunities to be able to you know make opportunities to come back. But I mean, I think it just I think that's your best option. I mean, this 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 run. This, I mean, I can't say it enough. This Montana State running offense is ridiculous. I mean, we all know it, but they're, they're really good. Go on, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app coming to you live from the JFK Bar, downtown Anaconda, Montana. Our ESPN Roundtable is proudly presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls is a great place to gather with family and friends alike. They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner open 7 a.m. till midnight. They also have 18 big screen TVs. They'll have every single one of the games, including the rivalry game on for you on Saturday. So if you want somewhere to go hang out all day long or just for the game, head on down to Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Andrew uh, Andrew Houghton chiming in now on uh, Nuanas Now. You and I were talking on the way over about the coaching element of this game and not necessarily which coach is going to do what or how they're going to coach. More importantly, how it's impacting sort of the narratives around each of these coaches. There was a span there where the the Cat Grizz game was guys were coaching for their jobs. I mean, Rob Ash was coaching for his job, and he lost, you know, for the seventh time in nine years to the Grizz. He gets fired. Same thing. Bob Stitt drops for the second time in three years. He gets fired, and it was sort of this snowball effect. Well, now I think the good news is for both Brent Vegan and Bobby Houck, nobody's coaching for their job. But... I do think there's a distinct narrative there on both sides. For Bobby Houck, all of a sudden, he's 6-5 and five against the rival. He was a dominant, you know, Bobcat killer his first time around and uh, hasn't had nearly as much success around two. For Brett Vegan, they've only lost two Big Sky games. But the most embarrassing loss of his career so far in the Big Sky was in Missoula in 2021. So what do you think of just the way that this matchup and this result will impact the, the narrative around these two coaches? Well, I think it's interesting, and I think it – sort of contributes to the fact that there's a ton of hype around this game, but for a top five matchup in the Brawl of the Wild, there's not a ton, a ton of hype around this game. And I think that has to go down to the fact, sort of, that neither coach's head is on the chopping block, right? right. Both of these coaches' careers are going to be fine no matter what happens in this game. And that takes a little bit of juice away from it because it used to be, as you mentioned, this defines your year. Here's what's going to happen if one of these teams loses the Brawl. They're still going to be a top eight playoff seed, and I think we would both agree that they're both still going to be the one of the top four or five teams in the country, and that's they should right. be making a run to the semifinals. I, I think that's I think that's right. I think regardless of the result, I think both these teams are still at least inside tracked to be semifinal in the country. But the thing is, is that as you sort of mentioned, even if you're safe right now, every Cat Grizz game is another brick in the wall, no, right? That's right, that's right. So if Bobby Houck loses this one and all of a sudden he's 6-6 six and six against the Cats, if he comes back next year, suddenly the pressure is built up for this game again because he has a chance to fall under 500. So even though you're not in danger right now, you still need the game. And I think the coaches are actually going to play a huge role in what happens on Saturday. Not so much of, I think both of these teams are very secure in their identities. Sure. I think these uh, both of these coaches are very good leaders in terms of getting their players to play hard and be ready for this game. Yep. There's going to have to be an adjustment made in this game. 
either at halftime, maybe even before halftime, who's going to be able to make it, who's going to have the courage to make it. I mean, I just don't think that this game is going to play out on paper as we're reading it right now before the game. Somebody's going to get maybe hurt in the middle of this game. For sure. Brent Vegan's going to do something to take away one of the Montana's offensive players. Sure. Somebody's going to have to make an adjustment. Who's going to make it? It's absolutely uh, a great point. It's also fascinating. I've been asked all week, is this the biggest brawl ever? Is this the biggest rivalry game in the history of the, of the deal? When it comes to the rankings and the ramifications of the result, I would say yes, because it's for the outright title. But I would say there's been a variety of games where there's so much on the line because you might be playing for a coach's job or you could be playing spoiler. Like the, the Grizz did that in, in 26, or the Cats did that in 2016 when they came to Zula, when they were a 3 and 17. Or you've got a senior class who hasn't won a game That's in right. the rivalry That's yet, right. right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. And that was a huge part about it in 2021, too, because I think that not only was your senior class for the Grizz, Sammy, trying to not go over against the rival, the Cats were trying to go undefeated against the Grizz, and that was a ton of pressure too, right? And win a Big Sky title as well. That's right. So you've been in that position before where it's sort of a a spoiler role, right? I mean, this was the Cats in the early 2000s when they upset the Grizz in 02, 03, and 05. Wow. That that derailed. The Grizz still shared the Big Sky title, but they had to share it with the Cats. You know? know? And, And so we've We've seen this on all the different angles of this. So, I mean, just break that part down for us, just like the the various elements. I guess so often the rivalry, one team or the other is the underdog or they have the narrative that's like kind of propelling them forward. Neither of these teams are underdogs in this game. Yeah. Um, Man, it's it's wild that that nobody is the underdog. It's wild that that's the dynamic. Um, Honestly, I would probably say that Montana probably is coming to this with an underdog mentality. They've had that all year, right? I mean, that's been the narrative for this team all year. Everybody counted them out. The fan base, everybody thought that they were going to be terrible. Now they are where they are. And, you know, you look at this Montana State team, everybody's coming into the season calling them, you know, they're going to the natty. They got all these pieces. They have a a well-rounded team. They're topping every statistic offensively. And then, you know, now we're here at the game. So it's like, what is it going to be? What is it? How is it going to play out? There's so much noise that could come in the offseason from this as well. Because as we just said, both these teams are making the playoffs. I think both these teams are getting buys no matter what happens. And it's just a matter of how you respond to either winning or losing this game within the playoffs. But that offseason narrative is something not to be trampled with, especially in Montana. Because there's so many people, for better or worse, in these fan bases that say, well, We'd rather beat the rival than do anything else, right? right? And so for Brent Vegan, let's say you lose this, but then you go on another playoff run. They've already proven they could do that. They lost to you guys in 2021 and went all the way to the National Championship. Yeah. So they've proven they could do that. But there were still so many people that are like, well, what is this coach if you can't beat the Grizz? It's the same thing on the other side, right? Like <laughs> Montana can win, or maybe the Montana loses and then goes on a playoff run. Then that narrative lingers as well. Oh, maybe Bobby Howe can't hack it against the rival anymore. Both these programs, they color the opinion of the other one constantly. I think the only thing that can erase a Cat Grizz stain, if there is anything that can erase it, is a national championship. Right. <laughs> That's the only thing. <laughs> right. Totally, right? I know it's so funny because we've had the eternal debate forever of, you know, just just teasing fan bases and saying, hey, what would you rather have, a blowout win against the rival or a national championship? 
Then the Cats almost answered that question. They almost did it, but then they ran into, of course, a, a buzzsaw in North Dakota State. Right. Got, ran off the field, but uh, it would have been fodder for a really long time. So on is now ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable. Samuel Kemp, former Grizz receiver and a Philadelphia Stars uh, player at this current moment, along with Andrew Houghton, joining me, Colter Nuanas. It is presented by uh, Paradise Falls of Missoula. We are coming to you live from the JFK Bar downtown Anaconda, Montana, the corner of Park and Washington. If you're in and around the area, swing on in. Come hang out with us and uh, say what's up. Uh, the other part that's fun, I mean, Andrew, we just drove the Highway 1, and a couple of the guys in this game are Highway 1 boys. Braxton Hill, Jackson Lee are two guys that have really uh, come on strong this year, really made a name for themselves. So, I mean, what do you think of that element? Not just the Highway 1 boys, but also just all the Montana guys playing in this game because oftentimes those guys rising up and playing at their highest level is one of the determining factors in the rivalry. Well, that's the most interesting and fun part about the game, right? And I don't think I can really say anything as to how much it means to those guys. We talk to them about it every year. If you haven't experienced, I don't think you can you can really grasp it. But for us outside observers... That's what makes it fun, right? We're doing all kinds of matchup stories this week. We're talking about all kinds of the matchups, and those are important, but it just remains a fact in this game is that you don't know what's ha- what's going to happen until the players take the field and That's until right. you watch the players play. There are going to be players that are going to rise above their level in this game. There are going to be players who fall below their level in this game because of the atmosphere, the stakes, the significance of it. It's the most unpredictable game of the year in large part because of how much it means to all of the Montana players and how many players from Montana are on both rosters, right? Because Bobby Halkin and Brent Vegan, Jeff Choate before him, yep. have done a very, very good job of recruiting the Treasure State. It's absolutely right. You want to now ESPN Radio, it's our ESPN Roundtable, probably presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. We just wrapped for 25 minutes, and we didn't even get to how the matchups I want to talk about. So we'll talk Grizz receivers versus the Bobcats secondary, the Montana State defensive front versus the Grizz offensive line, Clifton McDowell playing in his first rivalry game, the special teams elements of this. We'll break it all down for you right after this. Appreciate Paradise Falls for being the presenting sponsor of the ESPN Roundtable. Go check them out on the south side of Missoula, 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls. Missoula's coolest hotspot. More from the JFK Bar, downtown Anaconda, Montana, right after this. A DUI is a serious charge, and the process can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, and I have the experience and knowledge necessary to effectively represent you and make the situation manageable. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today. Alpine Touch has been part of the fabric of Montana for more than 60 years. Decades ago, Russell Street started selling his Touch of Magic in Whitefish. Years later, Alpine Touch's all-purpose seasoning remains a favorite. It's tailgating season, and there's no better way to spice up your grill before a Grizz game than with Alpine Touch. Go to alpinetouch.com now and use the checkout code ESPN10 for a 10% discount on your order. Alpine Touch is here to keep your mouth watering all football season. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Television. What a great crowd is down here right now. Gosh, I love this sound. So cool everybody came out to hang out with us. So if you do come down, uh, come say hi. 
But uh, better get down here because there's not a lot of spots left. we got to say thanks to the JFK Bar for setting us up as well as uh, Debbie Danhauer has for hosting us. She uh, runs this bar and also is a real estate agent. And uh, if you have any interest in homes, ranches, land, and commercial properties in and around this area, Phillipsburg, Georgetown Lake, Anaconda, Drummond, Deer Lodge, any of it, Debbie and her team can certainly help you out. Email her at hess at blackfoot.net. You can also find her uh, online as well. Samuel Kim, Andrew Houghton joining me. Coulter Nuwana is talking all things rivalry game. Huge one, 122nd rendition of the rivalry between Montana and Montana State. Uh, all right, let's go in-depth into the, the specific matchups in this game. Sammy, first of all, Clifton McDowell, his first rivalry start. But it's in Missoula, so I think that's a huge advantage for, for him. If this was your first time starting in Bozeman, that'd be uh, oh, yeah. that'd be tough. But uh, <laughs> he's in Missoula, so that's good. He's been playing better and better and better and better. So I guess two-part question. How have you seen him improve over the last you know, four to six weeks? And uh, what do you think of that element of the matchup, just him playing in his first rivalry game? Um, I think he's gotten 100% more comfortable in the offense. Um, I think he's really galvanizing the troops really well. Yep. Um, I think his ability to run and scramble, no when to scramble, know when to, you know, elongate the play, know when to, you know, he knows when to run and he knows when he needs to stay in the scramble to look for somebody downfield. I think he's done a really good job about that. Um, and what was the second part of the question? I, I mean, just him coming into this game. It's so funny because the, the, the number one thing to kick this week off was after the Portland State game. Yeah. He did the sideline interview with Kyle Hansen, <laughs> and he says, oh, yeah, you know, great win. We're on to the next one. we got to get ready for the battle of the brawl or yeah. whatever they call it. And the dude just has no idea. Yeah. Some people were dogging on him, but I actually think the fact that he's not, like, overhyping it, oh, yeah. that's what his biggest strength to me as a quarterback is, is he's just a cool customer, man. Yeah. He's not he's not too high. He's not too low. He's just steady Eddie, and that, that's why he's been playing so well. So, I mean, what do you think of this, him and that sort of laid-back attitude coming into this intense rivalry game? I think that will 100, 100% help him out. Um, the fact that he doesn't understand the hype, the fact that he doesn't understand how big it is, the fact that he just is kind of nonchalant. And actually, me and Andrew were just talking about this a couple minutes ago before we got on about that fact that just, like, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't know any better. And it's just like, I think me and you actually talked about this on the radio a couple of weeks For ago sure. about young players and not knowing any better. No, it was actually right. about K-L-E-E-I-O. That's right. About how he just doesn't know any better. I think that will lend itself to Clifton, and, uh, you know, I think he'll play better because of it, because he doesn't know any better. Andrew, Andrew Houghton chiming in here on Nuanas now. The, um... The narrative is that the Grizz offensive line has gotten better as the season's gone along. They have, but they also haven't played a defensive front like they're going to face Saturday. I think that, I don't think, I know that the strength of the Bobcat defense is their front four. That, that's what they do well. They're, they're uh, I'd say, above average on the back end. I think they're fine. They're slightly above average, but just, just fine at linebacker. But they are elite on the defensive front. I think that if you were to name the, th- the three best defensive linemen in the conference, I think they're all three playing in this game. One of them plays for Montana. The other two play for Montana State. So uh, that's sort of where it starts for the Bobcat front. What do you think of that element of the matchup? Just the Grizz offensive front versus the Cat defensive front. Well, it's the one matchup that really makes me concerned for the Grizz because not only is that Montana State defensive line really good, not only are they really deep because but behind Brody Greeby and Sebastian Valdez, who are the two really great top two of the three best defensive linemen in the conference you're talking about, Ben Seymour, Kenneth Iden, good defensive linemen. They're also really versatile. They can switch those guys up. They can move Greeby inside. 
They can move Kenneth Iden inside. They can get the matchups that they want if they see a weakness on that Montana offensive line by moving those guys around because a lot of those guys can play both inside and outside. And you're absolutely right that the Montana offensive line has gotten better in the second half of the season. I am wondering how much of that improvement is truly due to their improvement, how much of it is due to what we were just talking about, Clifton McDowell picking up the offense quicker, Clifton McDowell growing more comfortable in the offense, Clifton McDowell and his receivers building chemistry so he can get the ball out faster. I'm not saying that to dog on the Montana offensive line. I think they have gotten better, like you said. That is the matchup that gives me pause if I'm a Grizz fan because I think that Clifton McDowell, there's going to be times when he's going to have to make plays with a free rusher coming at him. He's done a good job of that this season. I think it's going to happen on Saturday. Dole McFarland, former Grizz offensive lineman, played in the NFL for a long time. He came on the show yesterday. He broke it down so eloquently talking about the widened splits for the Grizz offensive line. It helps in terms of your pass pro stuff. Yeah. It helps if you have a quarterback that you want to bring out on the edge because then the, the pocket and just the shield is a little bit wider. Yeah. Totally makes sense. The one flaw in widening your splits is it sets up more one-on-one matchups. Oh, yeah. How do you mitigate that? Because the, the two guys that are the best at one-on-ones, and I mean, the best one-on-one pass rusher in the Big Sky Conference is Bernie Greeby. Oh, so, sure. For sure. So, uh I wonder how I wonder if the Grizz do something to mitigate that, whether it's you know an extra tight end or, or you know an H back in the backfield. Yeah. You know, I think that's going to be a huge key. A lot of people don't look at like running backs blocking, but I expect Nick Osmo to have a huge role in this game as a pass blocker or as somebody that can help pick up the slack. What do you oh, think? Yeah. I think that's going to be a, a a great addition. If the Montana is able to do that, if they're able to um, add numbers into the box to help protect, I think that's going to be crucial because, like you guys are talking about, the Montana State D-line is is so good. You know, those widened splits are good for pass setting, but they do set up a lot of one-on-ones, which doesn't lend itself to playing against a great Montana State D-line. You know, if they're good at one-on-ones, good at winning one-on-ones, Brody Greeby, best D-lineman in the, in the conference, I mean, it's going to be a big task for them. And the last thing about that, Montana's offensive line, they need to keep Clifton McDowell clean, but really what they need to do, they need to be able to get four yards of carry on first down, right? They just need to get holes open for Nick Osmo and Eli Gilman. They don't need to blast them open. You don't need to be able to drive a semi-truck through there. Those guys are getting stoned at the line of scrimmage on every first down. That's what's going to short-circuit Montana's offense. I was thinking about this the other day. I actually think the Cats are averaging you know 6.8 yards per carry this year. They they at one point were averaging like 7.8 yards Don't per carry. Don't they have the top six in yards per carry in, in the conference? In, in the whole conference because <laughs> they're a gash run team. Right. Introducing SmartBiz, the ultimate Wi-Fi solution for Missoula's small businesses from Blackfoot Communications. With out-of-the-box dedicated networks, top-tier security, and network failover, you'll stay seamlessly connected. Just $20 a month, no contracts. Sign up at blackfootsmallbusiness.com slash better Wi-Fi and connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Bobby Houck actually wants to average a little less yards per carry because it means he can run the ball more and have the ball more, right? Uh. Like the, the Grizz two weeks ago against um, Sacramento State, that is their dream. 55 carries for 300 yards. If you told him he wow. could have 425, he actually wouldn't want it because that meant you scored a couple long touchdowns and they didn't have the ball as long. Right. 55 for 300 is Bobby Houck's 
dream That's come interesting. true, right? That's interesting. So I think what Andrew just said is exactly right, though, is I think, the, first of all, I think the number one way you can slow down the cat run game is run the ball yourself. Yeah. Don't let them have the ball. And number two, all you need is four, four and a half. Just I mean, stay ahead in the chains. If, if you break off a long one, that's all great. But we've actually seen this multiple times where somebody scores a long touchdown early, and it's this huge momentum shift. But also maybe it's you're, you're blowing your load too soon, right? Yeah. Like, like the Grizz of 2016, Justin Calhoun scores an 80-yard touchdown. Yeah. And then after that, then the Cats get the ball, and they have the ball for the whole first quarter after that. <laughs> then you also have the, like, the Junior Bergen where you break the Camels back instantly and, and the other team's playing chase. So dichotomy there. I digress, though. I do think that uh, one of the best ways the Grizz can mitigate the cap rushing attack is by running the ball themselves. Right, right. My my one my one thing about trying to hold the ball yeah. and you know run the ball and keep the ball from the other team is like that works if you score. That's right. But if you don't score, if you don't score, then you're Idaho and you lose to the Grizz. That's exactly right. why they lost. So it's like I, I I love that plan and it worked with Idaho against Montana State. I think they did it masterfully in the yeah. first half against yeah. Montana State. But um, I just always struggle with you know getting behind that 100 percent because you know it it. it it, it can end bad, you know. So you, you got to watch that. You got to make sure you're getting points. I think one of the one keys for Montana is every time you touch the ball, you need at least three. That's right. At the bare, bare minimum, three. Most most importantly, you really need touchdowns, but three at the bare minimum. Rivalry matchup. Samuel Kemp, former Grizz wide receiver, contributing analyst of Skyline Sports, joining us here on ESPN Radio. Andrew Houghton, also contributing analyst of Skyline Sports, as well as our producer here at ESPN Radio. We're going to keep rolling through these matchups all the way up until 6 o'clock, but one more before we take a break. You just bet you, you got to at least get three. I think that's another fascinating element in this game. you got two freshman kickers. Ooh. There's been times when Grant Glasgow looks like the best kicker in the conference. I thought he was like the unsung hero in Idaho. I mean, he banged three 45-plus-yard field goals oh, at yeah. the Kibbe Dome. He's also had some moments where, you know, he's got a little yips in the swing, right? Like yeah. he, he's, he's had some times when he struggled. They've even been putting Nico Ramos in there a little bit, yeah. the senior. And Montana State, the kicking, the, the, the field goal unit became an unmitigated disaster to the point where they had to put Brent Hall on the bench. Yeah. The good news for that young man is he's also one of the best punters in the league. He's the best kickoff specialist guy in the league. Now he doesn't have place kicking responsibilities. He's been lights out. He's a conference uh, special teams player of the week last week. I mean, his wow. punts were ridiculous, and he kicked it through the uprights on every kickoff. So <laughs> removes something from his plate. He's thriving. But that means that Casey Katzman, who's a freshman from Butte, He's two for two on field goals. They're both over 40 yards. They're both at Bobcat Stadium. Yeah. He never kicked a field goal at Washington Grizzly Stadium. So what do you think of that element, especially if you're the Cats coming into Wash Grizz with a, a redshirt freshman kicker? I think that's very interesting, especially considering the 21 win for Montana. You know, it was a great win, but if you think about well, who played a big part in that game? Oh, big time. Kevin, uh, Macias. Kevin Macias, 5 for 5. 100%. You know, I mean, so um, I think that could play a huge role in this game. Obviously, we know Montana State has had their kicking, kicking woes this year. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to watch that matchup. I think that, I, I mean, you bring up a great point. Every, both of them are playing freshman kickers. Um, both of them, not a lot of experience under their belts. It's going to be very interesting. Very interesting. The one is now ESPN Radio live from the JFK Bar here in Anaconda. About that. Anything to add to that before we take a break? Well, I just, you th- I think the area where that affects the game the most, you're thinking about, you know, oh, you got a kick to win it. Do you trust one of these kids? Right. It's going to affect the game before that because do these coaches have confidence in their that's, kickers that's now? That's right, right. You have fourth and three on the 25. Right. What are you doing? Are you, are you right. going for right. it? Are you, as Sammy said, getting points out of that possession? Right. Or are you maybe going for it, 
and if you don't make it, are you handing momentum over to the other defense because you didn't trust your kicker enough yes. to make one inside 45? Last last special teams note. Last last kicker and punter note, I should say, because we're going to get to the return part of this here in a minute, too. But the Grizz have had an unbelievable advantage at punter the last couple years because yeah. they had the best punter in the country twice with Brad Machini and Patrick Orbach. Travis Benham, <coughs> really good. Brennan Hall, also really good. Yeah. <coughs> so does, do you think that negates an advantage for the Grizz? Uh, you mean in terms of um, field positioning? I mean, I guess that the Grizz had a better chance to flip the field than the Cats the last couple of years, and now oh. they both have an equal chance to flip the field. I don't know. I think it just goes into Andrew's point. I think that if you know you can flip the field, I think both these coaches are prone to yeah. wanting to flip the field. Yeah. Um, I was actually thinking about this earlier. I think, yes, if you know you can't flip the field, you want to flip the field, you want to get them pinned back in their own um, territory. But also, I would not sleep on how potentially doing something tricky in this game. You know, he loves the trick plays. He loves the fake punts. He loves the fake PATs. We ran, we saw a lot of that with Montana early on in the season. We haven't seen it so much as of late, but I wouldn't put it past how to be, uh, to do something, to pull something out in this game, especially with all that's on the line. Well, it's now ESPN Radio live from the JFK Bar, downtown Anaconda, Montana. We'll keep on breaking down the matchups in the rivalry game right after this. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Whether you're a sports fan or you run a business, you got to have something to wear. Why not get it branded? Why not represent your favorite sports teams, your favorite high school, your favorite college, your favorite pro team? Why not represent your business when you're out and about your respective communities? Anode Designs can help you out. Anode Designs, our great friend Blake Hempstead, contributor at Skyline Sports. He's the man in charge there at Anode, and they can get you hooked up with everything from Anaconda Copperhead gear to any and every sort of branded gear for your business. Find out more, visit Designs. You can also find them on Facebook. Anno Designs is located at 421 East Park Avenue in Anaconda. You can find them on Facebook or you can give them a call, 406-563-0121. Where we get all our gear from Skyline Sports, Anno Designs in Anaconda. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Drove Highway 1 earlier today and now we're soaking it in. Great crowd here at the JFK, so appreciate them for putting us up. Also appreciate all of you for tuning in, whether you're listening on ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, or the ESPN MTF. We also have to say thanks to our great sponsors for getting us here. Of course, the JFK Bar, plus Debbie Danauer and her team uh, at uh, Southwest Montana Real Estate. If you need any uh, help with sales of homes, ranches, land, and commercial properties in Phillipsburg, Georgetown Lake, Anaconda, Drummond, or Deer Lodge, look up Dan Howard Real Estate. They, uh, they'll they get you covered. You can reach Debbie at hess.blackfoot.net. If you missed anything in the show today, you can always find it. Nuanas Now Podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Tomorrow, our star-studded lineup of former players from both sides of the rivalry continues. Jordan Tripp, former Grizz linebacker who played six years in the NFL, will be in studio with us. Sean Sampson, a multiple-time All-American, former walk-on out of Helena, who then went on to become a team captain at Montana State. He will also join us. we also got the big human swinging by, Mike Kramer, our resident Big Sky Conference historian. He'll be uh, live with us tomorrow during the show as well. And, of course, Brooks Duanez, our go-to guy for NFL and also, of course, for the rivalry game. 
We'll do it all football all the time. Part NFL, but also part rivalry betting lines uh, tomorrow as well. So uh, stay tuned for all of that. We're taking you home here on this Wednesday with myself, Samuel Kim, and Blake Hempstead. Man, great turnout, Blake. Thanks for setting this up, dude. This is awesome. Uh, Anaconda is a place for second chances. <laughs> second chances, meaning the bar owner, Debbie Dunhauer. She was a former aunt of mine. She was married to Uncle Dave. <laughs> they split up. They divorced. They're back together after 20-some years. Second chances rule everything. Come on. I guess. You got to love it. Uh, I asked Sammy this. What, uh, when we're coming to this rivalry game on Saturday, and you yourself admitted, if it's Class B or Class A football, you're nailing it. You're like, you're like to the point on the score. If it's this game, you got no idea. But, I have <laughs> no idea with Cat Grizz because it's a coin flip. It is a coin flip. What do you think of the key matchups, though? I mean, when you break down just the, the, the strengths and weaknesses of these teams, what do you think of the key matchups? Through the lens, what I see is the offensive line from Montana State just absolutely dominant. They're such a good, cohesive unit. They really control the game. Sammy and I, you and I talked about this. If they can get ahead of the sticks, I think they have a real advantage. Oh, yeah. I think where their disadvantage comes in is their two losses were in kind of a hostile environments. Oh, yeah. You know, the Kibbe Dome, South Dakota State. Saturday's going to be a hostile environment. So that's going to be really tough. Exactly. Sammy, I wanted to ask you, when it comes down to the, just the position matchups, the one we haven't talked about, and we talked about Clifton McDowell, his ability to keep plays alive and, and throw on time, that's huge. More than anything, though, the number one fundamental change on the Grizz offense was Brett Pease, the offensive coordinator, Bryce Erickson, the receivers coach, getting on the same page and saying, hey, if, we, if you give these receivers time to get open, they will get open because oh, yeah. Junior Bergen, Keelan White, and Aaron Fonts are three of the best athletes in the Big Sky Conference, period. The Cats' secondary is deep, but they've been banged up, and they've been they've had, high, they've had highs and lows, yeah. for sure. What do you think of that matchup? How do the Grizz take advantage, or how do the Cats sort of mitigate? Because I think that's a huge advantage on the Grizz side of things. Um, I think uh, I think it is a huge advantage for Montana. Um, I think you just got to find the holes in the zone defense. Um, Montana State does run uh, a bit of man as well. I think when they run yeah, man, they you have to try to hit them over top. You have to try to – I mean, when they run man, you have to take advantage of it. With yep. Aaron, with Junior, um, I think Keelan is a little bit more of a zone beater than a man beater. For I sure. think Aaron and Junior, with their speed and a little uh, agility, are able to beat man coverage a little better. I think when you find man, you find Aaron or you find Junior. I think that's going to be very um, beneficial for them. So often, too, it's a, it's a pick your poison because we've seen – like people always ask me, why is sometimes Junior Bergen go nuts and then sometimes he doesn't get a lot? It's because sometimes the other team makes the decision, hey, we're eliminating this guy. Oh, yeah. That's the thing, though. That's where Keelan White gets, gets, gets to go crazy or Aaron Fox gets to go crazy because if you t- if you eliminate Junior Bergen, somebody else is having a serious mismatch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's a huge benefit for Montana that, you know, teams are always trying to stop Junior and stop him in the return game, stop him on, on offense. I mean, if you try to stop him, just like you just said, somebody's going to hurt you. We just have to find a way to get that done. Montana just has to find a way to get that done. Strength on strength. Montana linebacker. Linebacker you. Yeah, buddy versus an offensive line that really punished Montana last year in the run game, got ahead of the chains, took advantage of a very pro-Montana State game day crowd. It's wild how those sort of matchups really dictate what is going to happen during the game. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. 
But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. That's a key factor to me in this game as well, and that is, Sean Chambers said this. It was sort of a veiled shot, but he did it in an articulate way. <clears throat> he said, this Grizz defense is really good, but they're much more disciplined and much better tackling than they were a year ago. You can read what you want into that, but it's true. Because the Grizz are the single best tackling team that I've seen in the United States of America. And I'm talking about, like, all levels of college football. I'm not saying that these guys could go make plays in the SEC, but in terms of tackling in space in one-on-one situations, there's nobody better than Montana, and it's led by a whole group of Montana guys, and I think that could be an X factor as well. you got Levi Janet Carroll from Missoula, Tyler Fleek from Missoula, Braxton Hill from right here in Anaconda, Montana. Lee. I, I mean, uh, Jackson Lee's a Montana guy. Gary Gray's is a Montana guy. Most of the guys who are going to be making tackles are uh, going to be uh, going to have some Montana flavor to them. We only got about two minutes left. We're not doing any predictions. We're not telling you the score because that does nothing good for us. We're just going to tell you what we think are the key matchups to this. So we'll just take about 20 seconds each. Montana will win this game if... I think Montana wins this game if they're able to limit Tommy Chambers and if they're able to get explosives in the pass game. Montana wins this game if... I think Montana wins this game if they can hold Montana State behind the sticks... Second and long, third and long, let the crowd really be behind them and to their favor. I think Montana wins this game if they can cause Tommy Malott and and John Chambers, but mostly Malott, to unravel. If he gets in the flow, he's impossible to stop. If he gets out of the flow, he can be a mere mortal sometimes, and so I think that'll be the key. Okay, Montana State wins this game if. If um, Tommy Malott and John Chambers are able to affect the game in the run game and um, if they're able to get ahead in the chains against Montana. Montana State wins this game if, Blake. If Braxton Hill doesn't get off the bus. (laughs) There's my Homer fandom take of the day. Honestly, Montana State, super, super talented. It's just, I I love the Southwest Montana kids. I love the local kids getting out there and showcasing their stuff. I think Montana State wins this game if it's their style of game. If they stay ahead of the sticks, they operate their offense, they stay on time. It's been proven time and again, they are absolutely impossible to stop. But you get them off schedule, you possess the ball, you make the quarterback unravel, you get in their heads, you make them play from behind. They could be very, very vulnerable. So uh, we're only at Wednesday. We got so much more to talk about throughout the rest of the week. Appreciate Tommy Evans for engineering the show from back in the studio. Appreciate the JFK Bar for hosting us here uh, at Nuanas Dow here in downtown Anaconda. Appreciate Ando Designs, Debbie Downhower Hess, and all of you for listening along. For Sammy and Kim, Blake Hempstead, Andrew Houghton, I'm Coulter Nuanas. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you.